This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 355 for the week of February 2nd, 2014. What up, hey, host? Welcome to Akon Zenshu. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Akon Zenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit, oh, the entertaining. What up? My name is Mike Vegito EX here on this fine, um, the large American football game day non-trademarked phrase here with the big one. Game. The, the big game. I think that's probably also trademarked by this point. I don't think it is because that's what everybody uses because I can't use the actual trademarked phrase. So we all collectively agree. Mr. Hugio, what up, dude? Oh, you know, it's a fantastic Sunday. And uh, my son's asleep. Oh, that's so great. So I'm down here with you. Excellent. So we got Mike, we got Heath. Uh, Julian would have loved to have joined the show and in fact asked me about it earlier, but said, you know what? Gonna have to wait until later, so it'll just be Heath and because I. Because so. it's 5.40 a.m. his time? So we will take advantage of all of his hard work and talk about it. Don't we always? Uh, pretty much. Whatever Jake does, whatever Julian does, you and I come on and we talk about it. Heath, it's a big day. It's, uh, yeah, the sports thing, but we just put up a big interview uh yeah it's an interview normally you'd say it's a q a session but it's kind of both 10 questions to me kind of feels like that's almost full length interview right i would say so but then it also says question answer I know. So this Q&A session, this interview is between a one Miss Naho Oishi of Dragon Ball SD fame, along with a one Mr. Akira Toriyama. Of course, the original author of Dragon Ball. This interview is in the new Psycho Jump, which is officially out on Japanese store shelves on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, in the Super Kanzenban of Episode of Bardock, which is included as a part of that magazine. Does that all make sense? Have you followed it here? So far, I'm with you. All right. I hope so. My on its way. I don't know when I'll get it, but uh, I just I always find it weird when Psycho Jump or V Jump come out with booklets. Yeah, because then it's always it's really weird how they try to fit them inside. I know you can never tell. Is it going to just be rubber banded on top like some have been? Is it going to be an insert inside? Will it be perforated so you can take it out? We never know. It's always mm-hmm. a surprise. So uh, that is coming out this week. That's kind of going to be the meat of our not so much topic. It's kind of news. We're going to roll that all together and we're kind of pushing back a couple other topics. Battle of Z, which I've spent a few hours with and I have to keep convincing myself to keep playing and then i'm like well maybe i'll just go play final fantasy for a little bit instead <laughs> how dare you <laughs> that's been my weekend like uh, i put half an hour into a dragon ball game my reward is three hours of final fantasy 14 um so that's what's going on there uh Heath, we really haven't done much in terms of a news show in a while. It's been a little quiet, which has been nice. So we're going to do a little catch up on the news that we have again, which is kind of just some general stuff along with our news slash topic of the interview here. And then we have a backlog of questions that we hadn't gotten to. So that is my plan. If it's your plan, that's my plan. All right. So I guess let's just get going to the news. Keith, let's start with this story of Battle of Gods reportedly heading to 26 countries. This is a story that had actually been out there for quite a bit and just hadn't gotten around to it. Uh, you dove into this a little bit. What's the background on this? And is it actually news or is it just confirming what we kind of already know? More or less, it's confirming what we already knew, which it was intended for a global release. That's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to get. And we assume it's coming to North America at some point. <laughs> we're um, left out so far. Yep. It's already been released in a few countries. It's slated for a few more countries. Um, Italy, Hong Kong. Some places have already gotten a home release even. So Yes, we were talking about that maybe a couple of weeks ago. The Hong Kong release made it out mm-hmm. by the end of the year. And then the, I think it was the Taiwanese release. Taiwanese. Yep. So we're we're getting there. Maybe North America will catch up. One of these days, but... And it's the same old story where there's no announcement. Mm -hmm. We don't know. No one said anything. We're just going to assume it's Fox holding things up for some reason. My theory is too big, too little kind of weird place Dragon Ball is for them. Yeah. it's And then are they trying to work things out? More with Toei, with Funimation as an in-between, you know, we're not exactly sure what's going on there. But the article that this actually came from was 
quite interesting. It just looked in, ah, I don't want to say in depth, but it <laughs> took a very quick glance at uh, animation, not only within Japan, but globally, and how anime has just become this huge global phenomenon and how it relates to adults and children and how children's shows seem to be the ones that thrive globally more so than adult centric shows yeah, it makes so sense. it was it was kind of a, a neat little read it was kind of weird though because they interviewed kozo morishita who was a producer for pretty much all of dragon ball and so everything came back to toy animation and how good toy is and of course he's gonna pimp them up because he works for them he's the vice president so what else are you gonna do uh it would have been nice to see a little bit for other companies, but this is who they interviewed, so I guess it's good for us. It's Dragon Ball related. Yeah, kind of self-congratulatory little yes, interview comments. very story. much so. All right, so Battle of Gods, they're still working on bringing it places. We'll certainly let you know if and when we hear anything for the rest of the English-speaking world. So I guess we'll move on. Uh, Viz has been doing a great job showing off the print version of the full-color comics that they are putting out. I believe that first one's actually due out this Tuesday. I should have it tuesday i'm really wanting to pick these up just based on the pictures they tweet out if yeah. that's the actual size of the releases mm -hmm. i mean it looks great it looks great yeah. and i think uh the most important point that everyone's picked up on is oh thank goodness they changed the font for whatever reason the <laughs> yes. font in the digital weekly shonen jump uh optima nova condensed is what it is uh, apparently shueisha was the ones who wanted it there and it's terrible it's so different from everything else that's in there and you can tell just how well, different especially everything viz has ever released has pretty much just been in their standard font yeah yeah and that's, that's what the print edition will be i'm so great uh have you been picking up on all the subtle little jabs that viz has been making over the years even but yes, it, it seems like whoever is running their Twitter account has a pretty good grasp on what's been going on yeah, within you know, North America. I'm not sure who's in charge of the Twitter account right now, if it's one person or if it's multiple people. But Viz does have someone. Uh, is it Charlene that recently went to Viz from Funimation? So mm -hmm. there are folks at Viz who know the ins and outs of what went on at Funimation in marketing and know all of the franchises. Uh, I think the most recent jab was something like if there's any re-release of Dragon Ball to pick up this year, this is the one. It's like that's a very clear understanding of what the market situation is right Right now and i approve of these playful jabs at each other i mean obviously it's playful there's no malice there but uh kind of right. agree at the same time with them i i'd love to see a funimation comeback just <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah well well yours isn't oversaturated huh wait i don't know i can't I... even come up with anything so we'll move on uh Dragon Ball Hero stuff, Victory Mission was in V-Jump. You know, we got the chapter synopsis. You can check that out. More Evil Dragon stuff. It's uh, really become almost standard what they've been doing. It's a real series now. I mean, this most recent chapter was 16 pages. I mean, <laughs> it's a real chapter now. It's real manga from Toyotaro. And then Julian goes, seriously, 16 pages? Oh, Jesus. Took he was forever. having enough problems keeping up with three. Uh, so there's that. Uh, older Gotenks getting Super Saiyan 3 and Heroes. I mean, we saw mm -hmm. that coming a mile away. It's not like he couldn't already hit Super Saiyan 3, but little additional design stuff there. So then I guess we have to move to the sad news of Ichiro Nagai has passed away. The voice actor for Sudo Senin and Karin in Dragon Ball has sadly passed away. He was 82 years old. The story here um, is that he was recording narration for a TV program and failed to check out of his hotel that morning. And they actually found him in his hotel room in his bathtub, no less uh, unresponsive. And he was pronounced dead. This is another one of those voices that unbelievably, it's not one of those booming voices. It's And in Dragon Ball, he played these two different roles. I mean, Sudo Senni was an evil character and Karin was a good character but kind of devious at the same time he just kind of had that tone to him like uh just a, a fun quirky old man but respectable at the same time oh yeah and obviously he played a ton of other characters in a ton oh, yes. of he, other he was series very well known throughout the anime community in japan i mean dragon ball was really good with this where if there was a prolific voice actor if they didn't have a main role in dragon ball they had uh send one of the secondary character roles i mean pretty much 
everyone from that generation of actors showed up in Dragon Ball from the the older generation, then kind of that next upcoming generation, folks of like Mayumi Tanaka's mm-hmm. generation. Pretty much every major name showed up in Dragon Ball in some capacity. The only one I can think of was Takehito Koyasu, who's <laughs> one of like the only yeah. people that never showed up in Dragon Ball. It was especially early on in Dragon Ball when it first started to premiere, they would bring on a lot of cameo voice actors who mm, were right. had main roles in other series and they'd come in and just play the most minor character for one episode and of course uh, i'm sure we're both thinking of megumi hayashibara who came mm-hmm. in to play the the blind boy in the boo arc and i remember my fan subs at the time it was like this big block that said megumi hayashibara is the blind boy like really you had to point that out in the middle of the episode you can just save it for later could do that at the end so, yes, unfortunately, we have lost Nagai, and this is not Dragon Ball related specifically, so we didn't cover it on the site, but since we're talking about it at the same time, uh, we did, unfortunately, also lose Masako Nozawa's husband uh, over this last week. So it's been, uh, he was a voice actor as well. Uh, it was most recently, was he in Bleach? I think it was. Yes. Or One Piece? Bleach and or One Piece? I'm not sure. Probably both, but I know for sure he was in Bleach. Right. So it's a, a very sad week for this right now. And he, I guess he had been battling with something. I can't remember what, if it was cancer related yeah, or not. He had been but apparently sick, it, yeah. it wasn't very abrupt. They kind of knew it was coming. So... No real way to recover from that conversation, so we just kind of no. have to move on. Um, we could talk about Bardock stuff, but we're really going to hold on to that for kind of the, the main meat here. Let's talk a little bit of Jocko here. Heath, of course, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman, the 11 chapter. Yeah, I don't understand why they did the, the 10 plus 1. I mean, it really was chapter 11. I know. It just sounded cool. Something different. It was a fun little countdown. Yeah. Uh, Jocko, which debuted in Weekly Jump last year, 11 chapters. Shueisha pretty much spoiled the surprise of saying, yes, it's going to be Dragon Ball related. It indeed turned into a Dragon Ball prequel by the end. Jocko is receiving a voiced comic, or if you will, a vomic. Worst yep. title ever. Absolutely. I know. Worst. And, but they've had them for years now. They have. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, that's just a motion comic. We have lots of those. Now, I checked out their Vomic website. And I, mm-hmm. To be fair, I didn't check out a whole bunch of stuff. I just started watching one of the Naruto ones. It's not the type of motion comic that I think of when I think of things uh, like we have the Astonishing X-Men one, just knowing who my wife is. Obviously, that's a thing that we own, where it's rather well animated. And I know the motion comics, they, they've gotten much better over the years, where it was kind of still early on, uh, maybe just some limb movements. And Astonishing is pretty much a cartoon by the uh, time you're really done breaking it down. Uh, these vomics that I've seen are not really that. It's kind of like the dialogue bubbles pop on screen and it kind of pans across things. It's yes, really it's, it's very still animation. Yeah, yeah effects so i I think a voice comic is a better title than a a motion comic but i didn't i don't think they really needed to combine them no it's awful (laughs) it's it's japan lols yes so jocko is getting one this is in conjunction with the tv program psycho yomi no psychiomi not psycho not psycho psychiomi maybe there's a pun in there that i don't understand psych because there's psycho so psychiomi i don't know julian's the one who knows this stuff psychiomi john bong uh that's starting february 6th online it's gonna have four installments that you'll be able to check out we have voices for jocko omori on the newscaster Yude and a policewoman. A lot of people are like, hmm, there's no voice for tights there. So one theory is, well, it's only going to be four installments, so we might not get that far. Uh, without spoiling too many things, I could also see them just saying that on and tights are the same voice actress, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And they do tend to do that a lot. And when they do, they only list the one credit. Yeah. I mean, tights is the, the main one. But yeah, um, if you know Jocko, you know what we're getting at there. Uh, and I believe all but one of them belongs to the Ken production agency that Julian was able to find. So I very much look forward to checking that out uh, this week on February 6th. That'll start on Shueisha's Vomic mm-hmm. website. <laughs> 
so let's see. We got a whole bunch of J-Stars Victory Versus updates. Uh, a lot of stuff we were trying to catch up on. So exciting. Lots of characters. I mean, Freeze is in the game now. This is, we were talking about this for a while. Will they introduce some of the villain characters? I mean, we had the rivals, and yes, rivals are villains. But when you think of villains, at least by the end of the series, you don't really think of Vegeta as one of the villain characters. But uh, the actual villains have been introduced so far. We've got Frieza. We've got Madara Uchiha from Naruto. We've got my main man, Makoto Shishio from Kenshin. And then we've got uh, Red Dog there from One Piece, the Fleet Admiral Akainu. This game is looking better and better. You know, I'm remaining cautiously optimistic i'm super Mm -hmm. super psyched that here we are in january and they're still revealing characters we were really concerned for a while like oh that's it for a while it was very steady yeah yeah and then they kind of dropped off and then there'd be one big reveal and then there'd be nothing right i got to say though that occasionally some of the ones they reveal are just he's a support character now i've read Mm -hmm. mm, i own i should say three volumes of d gray man i of the manga i just never really got into it i think i checked it out because i liked him in jump ultimate stars alan that is it's like oh maybe i should check it out uh so they got me that way and like i I would want to play as him but he's just a support character so that kind of sucks i feel like if you're gonna put in all the effort to make the character models and movements and all that stuff let me play as him that's kind of bummer maybe they'll surprise you i don't know but i doubt it i expect no surprises so there's that i know a lot of people were psyched about some of the bleach and the yu huck show and the hunter hunter character there i think the hunter hunter character is uh support only hisoka i don't know him i need to start watching hunter hunter i've been trying to catch up on some of these shows some of the new characters that have been announced uh i know a lot of the older ones but i feel like before the game comes out i want to start watching a little bit of hunter hunter because i don't know gone at all and i feel like i need to catch up on so many series yeah time I... time would be wonderful if yes it could would donate time to us raise your hands into the air and donate time to the Konzenshu staff. So we got Frieza. Yay! More Dragon Ball. I'm pretty psyched about that. That's cool. And the best part is they're spelling his name right on the site. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it is. Although people are saying that Hisoka is spelled totally wrong and weird. So I don't know. Maybe those fans are getting boned now. We got Frieza right again. You're just happy that Nakao's going to be there. I am. I'm psyched. Oh, and See? Shishio is so good. His voice actor is awesome. Mm-hmm. I forget who it is. I love Shishio. All right. So tied in with that, the theme song of that game, which we've known about for a while, Fighting Stars, which is going to be performed by a one Mr. Hironobu Kageyama alongside Hiroshi Kitadani of One Piece fame and Akira Kushida of right now mainly Toriko, but he had done Kinikuman in the past, although Kinikuman is not announced for J-Stars yet. Uh, the lyrics for that game were printed, was it last month's V-Jump? I think it was. So Julian yes. has translated the full, what appears to be the full song lyrics. So you can check that out. That's not so much news as it is. Well, check it out. And that sure is Shonen. It, it is so Shonen. I can't even. <laughs> it oozes shonen it really does especially between the three of them well that's what i was gonna say i have to imagine you checked out the latest uh promotional video for the game that starts with the three of them kushida's looking really old and i know i feel like they've all decided to try to mess with their faces in some way it's 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 funny it's sad it's endearing it's like oh you're so old now but you're so shonen in spirit I appreciate it. Hey, that's all you need sometimes. Right. Uh, so, all right. We have a couple last things here. Uh, I mean, getting back to Jocko, this is going to tie in with what we're going to talk about. But the uh, collected volume of the manga is, in fact, coming out in April. Uh, it was originally supposed to be out in January. The last chapter in Weekly Gem said it would be. And that disappeared entirely. And now it's back on for April. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Real briefly, Ultimate Gohan is joining Zenkai Battle Royale. A uh, lot of people misrepresenting the story at the bottom of the page you see spopovich and babidi now what it actually says is but that's not all some all too unexpected guys also announced they're joining of the battle actually julian translated as they're joining the battle but i thought that would look funny and as if we meant to write the wrong Mm -hmm. there there so i yep. kind of added the word the of. first time i read it i thought it was the right <laughs> so i asked him like it's okay if, it, if i put the word of here it's like yeah that still makes grammatical sense it's still accurate so that's 
kind of inside baseball content mm-hmm. translation stuff. Anyway, so it does not say specifically that both are joining or, for example, if Spopovich is joining and Bobbity will be kind of like his support character alongside him. All we know is that these two characters will be showing up in the game at some point in, in some way, some capacity. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it doesn't even name them. It just shows their picture. I mean, mm-hmm. you know who they are. It's not like the silhouette things in the past where it's like, who is this mysterious older brother joining the match? Uh, and then they make Skola. it super obvious. Right. It actually shows <laughs> like them. The but yeah. that's the kind of thing where we try to make this very, very clear to you. This is what's actually said. This is what's actually announced. And a lot of people like to put things up and can't read what they're putting up and kind of run wild with things. But that is what's going on right there. Heath, this was a story that we kind of decided on doing. It was. Almost last second. And then it turned into my entire afternoon. <laughs> and you hopped on. It turned on. into both of our afternoons. I'm like, what please help. I need extra numbers here. Uh, so I, I want to make it very clear that this entire story is not really a story. It's kind of an explanation of facts at this moment. If you would like to derive something from it, you are free to. It's pretty much up to you. It's very open to interpretation. We wanted to talk about what is going on with Tortico, which is important because what is going on with Dragon Ball Kai? How do those relate to each other? So here's what we can tell you right now. I can confirm. Consensu- I'm going to put this as a Consensu as an entity can indeed mm-hmm. confirm firsthand the continuation of Dragon Ball Kai into the Majin Buu story arc is real. We know this. In addition to what Tanaka has said and what others have said, this is kind of an accepted fact right now. I don't think any of us needs to say anything else about that. Yes, it's coming. However, when is it coming? How is it coming? This does tie back to Mayumi Tanaka's blog posts. Now, this was back in November 2012. Tanaka put up a blog post saying, hey, we're doing more Kai. It's going into the Boo arc. And very specifically, she said, it won't be aired in Japan. But overseas, Dragon Ball Kai is continuing. And then she said at the end, we talked about how we want it to air in Japan too. So it seemed to be, yes, Kai was continuing, primarily going to be for the international markets that want to provide an uncut Japanese language track to translate from, provide on a potential home release. It makes sense that they have to produce something for it to be released elsewhere. And that was pretty quiet for basically a year until she put up another picture. Uh, it was really a gathering of folks for Masako Nozawa's birthday, but also she said, we're doing Dragon Ball recording. And when you looked at that picture, you saw the voice of Majin Buu, the replacement voice of Mr. Satan, and specifically Yukio Nagasaki, who is the sound director for Dragon Ball Kai. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, what's going on she here? She pretty much just spelled it out. Right. And then we had Furukawa, Toshio Furukawa, the voice of Piccolo. He's like, hey, I'm recording too. Here's me alongside Yuji Mitsuya, the voice of Kaioshin. Okay, we get it, guys. We've had the pleasure of meeting. Right. You're continuing. It's the boot arc. But it was still, we don't know where or how this is coming. So this is where Toriko comes in. Toriko took Dragon Ball Kai's time slot, where it used to be on the Dream 9 block. Heath Kai started April 2009 at 9 a.m.? April 5th, 2009 at 9 a.m. and then One Piece followed at 9.30. Right. And that aired through the end of the Cell arc. We ran into the Tohoku earthquake and tsunami, that major disaster preempted what was the final episode of Kai that came out on the home release, that 98th episode. So here we are. Toriko took over the time slot. The rumor going around is that Toriko is going away from this time slot and Dragon Ball Kai will be taking over its time slot, kind of taking it back. Heath, what is the evidence right now that may not even point to, but perhaps suggest this is the case? Besides, like my cousin told me? Well, yes. Besides, my okay. uncle knows Toriyama and had lunch with him yesterday, and Toriyama right. made Dragon Ball Kai. Well, it came to light uh, basically about mid-November. A lot of fans of Toriko started noting that the pace of the anime series had greatly picked up. Uh, they were starting to cover about two to three chapters an episode, where previously they'd have large filler arcs or maybe cover one chapter, if that. So 
it seemed like it was kind of trending towards we're trying to close this out. Then we went and decided, well, if it really is ending, maybe we should look at how the ratings are doing because a lot of times not only do they look at merchandise sales, but also how is it just doing on TV? Are people even watching this? Well, it's definitely both. And I don't want people to say, well, you're hypocrites because you said that Dragon Ball Kai ended because of merchandise. We didn't Mm -hmm. specifically say that. We said that's likely one of the large contributing factors, but ratings... Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, it does apply. And at the time, it mostly made sense just because Dragon Ball Kai would be at a point where it could end. You know, it was a good stopping point. Yeah. And you can't blame Toei Animation for saying, we want to get something fresh, something new in our archive, in our library that we can use. Because at that time, they were just using a recycled show. But this was, you know, the hot new shit that was coming out. And the manga was doing extremely well in Weekly Shonen Jump. Popularity polls were way up. So now was definitely the time for them to jump on Toriko. But as we're seeing, a lot of the ratings are going down. For the most part, it's never topped Kai in the ratings category. Yeah, you know, you, you pulled together these stats. You'd actually done this a couple days earlier. I think the, the best correlation... I a very to, nice spreadsheet. Yes. <laughs> the be- Not correlation. The best comparison to see here is... Uh, really comparing highs and averages, the average for Dragon Ball Kai was a 9.4. The high for Toriko was that same 9.4. And these, we should note that that these TV ratings that we have listed are the average household ratings. Mm-hmm. So it combines all age groups. I know at the beginning when Toriko first came out, Toei listed out a lot of TV ratings to show how well it was doing. And you could see that as you got older, the numbers were dropping. But for kids from 4 to 12, Toriko is doing very, very well. And we know Dragon Ball has always done, and especially with Kai, cross-age groups. That's specifically Mm -hmm. what they wanted to do with Kai. We've talked about this so many times. Which is kind of why I have the feeling that for Dragon Ball Kai, that's why a lot of those numbers are higher. Because you're reading... Reaching older generations, new generations at the same time. So we got those rating comparisons there. And I mean, we always talk about the financial state of Dragon Ball as in terms of uh, licensing and merchandise and stuff. Toriko is just not doing anything for Toei. Mm -mm. It was at the beginning when it first came out. They got a lot of new licenses. Uh, You know, a lot of people jumped on board to get the hot new thing. And basically ever since then, probably the first two quarters when Tariko was out, it's just steadily been dropping. And it's gotten to the point that as of the most recent fiscal report that Toei released, Tariko's basically not on there at all right. for anything. <laughs> so not only are they not making money within Japan, they're definitely not making any off of it outside. And that's what we pulled it back to again was the overseas licensing. We think that's really important to show. And for a few years, Dragon Ball was on top because it is that ever they call it this for a reason. It's an evergreen franchise internationally. It will always continue to do well. And until you get to the point, I think, where Toei's uh, licensing out Strong World and then all of a sudden One Piece starts taking the uh, top spots. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Dropping Dragon Ball down to number two. But yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball always does well licensing internationally and that's not again we don't want to confuse correlation with causation here at the same time if dragon ball is going to continue to do well licensing overseas maybe it makes sense to go back to kai and even if it wasn't this runaway success in japan you can still make money off of it oh most definitely and a lot of people have even expanded upon this theory a little bit more saying well maybe kai will come back finish out and then toriko will have just been on hiatus and it will come back depending on how well the series goes to kind of give it a break people are saying that oh it's catching up to the manga so you want to give it a break but at the same time Heath, these kind of shonen shows it's not like other shows look at something mm-hmm. like attack on titan which you know ran for its 24 26 episodes whatever and clearly that'll come back at some point these types of shonen very specifically the shueisha weekly shonen jump series they don't do those in blocks they do them as this starts and this runs indefinitely till we run it into the ground yep pretty much i mean that's every shonen series has always been that way for the most part until it starts to not do well even if the manga series is still in serialization yeah they'll just kind of end it and i i want to make that really clear because attack on titan is one but look at hajime no ipo which is on its third tv series it's such a long-running series not a shueisha property 
properties. Shueisha's business model for this stuff is very specifically start it and it just doesn't end until either the author ends the series or like Kenshin, that anime just got ran into the ground so terribly. It was well, a train wreck. Yeah. Not to be confused with runaway train episode of Kenshin. I mean, you can almost even look at Dragon Ball as an example of how well it did that even when the series ended, it was still so popular. <laughs> right, yeah. That they said, oh, fuck it. We are just going to make up our own series. Uh-huh. So if something usually comes to an end like that, and I, I don't I don't count Dragon Ball Kai in that category since it is technically just a recycled showing of what they've previously shown. Yeah, it was so different. Yeah, it, it's like something that no one has ever really done, especially with airing it on tv right yep it it is its own beast james just left a comment on the uh we're doing this live right now as long as there are mexican children there will always be money to be made off dragon ball never has a truer statement been made yes especially if they include the spanish dub right so uh i I think oh and you know what heath we also have to mention this was kind of one of this is what we said one of the most damning pieces of evidence the cardas Mm. series for toriko is ending that's really what prompted this entire thing like you don't stop merchandise for an ongoing series unless some there's fire somewhere i mean they don't stop any there were dragon ball card ass games when dragon ball wasn't even on tv i know just continued so for them to stop doing this line of toriko merchandise is like oh wow yeah okay then is serious so so that's uh do with that information as you will we Mm -hmm. will stay on top of it nothing has been confirmed as of yet and just because toriko ends does not necessarily mean that kai is coming back on tv right we don't know that we're not saying that toriko is ending and we're not saying that kai is taking its time slot these are just the facts surrounding the situation that may be a likely scenario and the way everything lines up you can kind of lean one way or the other with that all said heath i think we should turn our attention right now to the March issue of Psycho Jump, one of the latest compilation magazine anthology things that Shueisha put out. It started in 2011. Was that the four quarterly issues in 2011? Yes, because then in 2012, it went to monthly. Right, to monthly, and then Dragon Ball SD has been throughout the entire thing. So the next issue is due out Tuesday, the 4th of February, I believe that is, in Japan. It includes Mm -hmm. a reprint of Episode of Bardock, which was three-chapter manga by Naho Oishi, who herself does Dragon Ball SD. This is a, a new story that she had done in V-Jump, three chapters, the June, July, and August 2011 issues of V-Jump. It did get a complete reprint later in V-Jump, right? Or was it in Psycho Jump? I think it was in a later V-Jump. It was in V-Jump. And that got yeah. the two bonus pages, all that. Uh, it has not been released outside of V-Jump. And this new Psycho Jump comes with what they're calling a Super Kanzenban reprint of Episode of Bardock. So that includes... Well, all three chapters, uh, six pages of SD related content, and then a new 10 question Q&A with Akira Toriyama. It is Naho Oishi asking the questions and then Toriyama answering the questions. Now, this started getting a lot of hype a day or two ago with some not so wonderfully translated answers here. Uh, Julian, thankfully, was able to go through and translate the whole thing, pull him away from his family. So <laughs> people appreciate that. Oh, poor dude. Oh, if, if you could have seen all of us behind the scenes while all this was going on, I'm sure it would have been quite comical. It's a revolving door of time zones and yeah. news drafts and all sorts of Well, yeah, because we got it first in the morning yeah. and then I worked with it, got most of it typed up. But then by the time Julian woke up, then we almost, we pretty much had the whole thing. <laughs> so then we had to start over. And all the meanwhile, I'm working on the news draft and I get to steal the byline on everything. Yeah, so. pretty much. So we have the whole thing up now. Uh, Heath, two of the biggest points are the ones we addressed in the news post. These are the ones getting spread around, I think, more than anything else. And again, I want to be really careful as we break these down because there's a lot of misconstruing that can happen, especially with the Vegeta one in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main thing here is, well, Toriyama has decided to assign a name and almost an entire background history to Goku's mother. And he's drawn her. He has. 
So Gine will be showing up in the bonus pages of Jocko the Galactic Patrolman, which is, again, due out in April. Now, Heath Gine, very, very easy, very, very obvious classic Toriyama-style pun here. I'm I'm really surprised it was so straightforward, but I'm, I'm not really. No, I'm you know? not surprised at all. I feel like as his career has progressed... He's basically just thrown out whatever name he thinks is easy. He's looking down it's the like list. It just popped into his head and he's just like, yeah, I feel like he has a list of vegetables just lying around. Right. What haven't but, I used yet? And what hasn't Toible <laughs> kind of gone with too? You got to be really careful. But yeah. you also have to think about that Toriyama did things like Onio in Nekomajin Z. So he's got to mm-hmm. be careful about his own stuff. Anyway, Gine, very simple. Reverse Negi. the syllables. Negi, which is it's. Depending on where you live, it's kind of referred to as different things. I know it as both green onions and scallions, but it's also referred yeah. to as spring onions. What do you call it out there in ye Midwest yonder across America? Scallions. You call it scallions out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of half and half with me, green onions and scallions. Yeah. I mean, I go either way. I, I believe in most of our grocery stores out here, they are listed as green onion. Mm. But most people call them scallions. Gotcha. So that's her name. Uh, why don't I actually read here Toriyama's answer to Oishi? It's actually a, a couple things that we're combining into one quote. You can read the whole thing. So Toriyama says, As for her appearance and such, you'll find out if you read the bonus comic in the collected release of Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. Her name was Gine. And a long time ago, she fought on a four-person team together with Bardock. Gine had a gentle personality and wasn't cut out as a warrior, being repeatedly saved from danger by Bardock. At that time, a special emotion was born between them. Normally, Saiyans don't have much of a notion of romance or marriage, and apart from the royal family of Vegeta, they aren't particular about blood relationships. Being in among all that, I suppose you could say that the pair of Bardock and Gine were those rare Saiyans who were joined by a bond other than for the purpose of reproduction. Incidentally, Gine, who was not cut out as a warrior, would go on to work at the meat distribution center on planet Vegeta. I love everything about that, but yes. mostly the ending statement. <laughs> the meat distribution center. That's that's like a fanfic waiting to happen. That's a double pun to me because they go to planet meat in the Bardock TV special. <laughs> it's like, oh, are they distributing the dead bodies? Oh, awful, gross. So that's what she does. Question here is, Toriyama's making up back history for characters that he did not develop himself. Mm-hmm. And this is not so much a question of... Is this a canon? This is more a question of, do you care? Do I buy it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, d- I really find it humorous that these are questions fans have asked forever. And all of a sudden, Oishi is involved, who apparently is a quote unquote super fan. Yeah. And I feel like she's taking everything that fans have asked and she's literally asking him. <laughs> if anyone's in a position to ask Toriyama these questions... It's Oishi. Yes. I wonder how much freedom she has. Like, did she actually write those 10 questions or were 10 questions handed to her from Shueisha staff? That's what I'm wondering. We don't really know, but. I just feel like some of them are very specific. Yeah. I feel like she had to have come up with that. I don't know. I could go either way on it. But also, you kind of, at least I wonder to myself, if her question specifically is, what about Goku's mother, Bardock's wife? And then it turns out, oh, yes. Um, I wrote some extra pages to this chapter and she appears in it and it's like, okay, so that really almost leads me to someone gave her that question so that they could tie it in. Right. It's very transparent in how cross promotional the entire thing is. And I don't really have a problem with that. I think it's I don't either. That's what you want to do. Great. At the same time, this is another one of those. Well, I mean, even Jocko itself was a story that did not ever need to be told. So now we have this new information. And again, it's not a question of do you believe it? Is this canonical to you? Do you care if it is canonical? It's just, is it cool to know? Sure. Well, I think part of it too, and maybe I read too much into it, but the very last line in the interview Uh is, I, I can't tell if, it's Oishi saying it or the editor who compiled all this. Right, it's not clear. But it just says, from now on, we won't be able to take our eyes off of the limitlessly expanding world of Dragon Ball. I mean, we got that with Battle of Gods as well, where it's, Ex- oh, crap, exactly. this world doesn't ever have to end. It's so huge. Aren't there so many awesome, but strong guys? Can you not just feel the marketing spin happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so... 
Goku has a mom and he's starting to develop some more mm-hmm. stuff. Heath, I, I kind of want to leave it there in terms of Gine stuff. I'm going to be bringing on the show in the relative near future, our old buddy Lance or Gaffer Taper, Mystere Fusion, whatever you want to call him. We've been wanting to do this for a while and I'm so glad that it just hasn't worked out yet because now we have all this extra stuff to go into. Lance has written some wonderful stuff in the past about Bardock as a character and then all the new things that kind of changed our perception of Bardock again if you want to accept things like episode of Bardock so yeah it it is really weird if you would go 10 years ago and talk to somebody about Bardock compared to now right he's almost like a different character very very much so so we're gonna talk about that uh in the future with Lance stay tuned for that there's some other stuff about Frieza here I don't know how much I really want to get into. And Julian, he called it. He's like, I got to add in a translator note on this thing here because this can be read so many different ways and it's unclear. The statement is, and born from his father alone, still in strong possession of the mutant traits, was Frieza. And then the question there is, does that mean Frieza's race are asexual beings? Or does that mean that Frieza is getting his strength only from his father and not from the mother figure? Because maybe his mother wasn't a mutant like his father. Could have been someone from Planet Meat, for all we know. (laughs) See, it all comes full circle. That's my headcanon. Frieza's mom is a Meatian. wonder if she was distributed by Gine. This is getting really gross and really awkward. Uh, And then the other thing here, this is another one that kind of got blown out of proportion. It's just a toss-away question, toss-away answer. Oishi's asking, are we going to see any more Bardock? And Toriyama's like, man, you really love Bardock. It's kind of creepy and weird, Oishi. I know, I love his response. (laughs) God, you really like him, don't you? And Oishi's like, okay, and Vegeta as well. And Toriyama wraps up, this is the final part of his final answer. As for Vegeta, in the event that there's talk of another animated film, then next time, I'd like him to play the main role. Of course, this is nothing more than intentions, and I haven't decided anything at all. This is not there is a new movie and Vegeta is the main character. This is Toriyama saying, if there were to perhaps theoretically be another movie, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Vegeta got to be the main character? And this is no different from what we've already seen in Battle of Gods and some of the stuff that he said uh, surrounding Battle of Gods where Vegeta got a little chance to shine. And I'm sure if there is another film, then a lot of the minor characters... Maybe he'll finally have his way and get them more. Have a chance to throw him in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a really interesting takeaway here is, and we noted this in the update, you go back to Toriyama's interview back in Daizenshu 2, talking about Vegeta, where he's like, I didn't really like him, and kind of kept him around out of uh, convenience and necessity. Yeah, because he said originally he didn't plan on him being there. Right. But it, it just became convenient to have him. Right. And here we have Toriyama saying, yeah, you know what? I kind of like him to take on the main role. And this is not Toriyama being hypocritical. This is simply 20 years later, looking mm-hmm. at your your work, your stories, your characters, I think, in a new light and being, oh, you know what? He was kind of dope. Let's make him do some stuff. I've really gotten the feeling lately that with Toriyama, you could so tell from a lot of his interviews that at the end of serialization, I mean, he was entirely burnt out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was done. And all the time, whenever, still to this day, when he does Q&As and commentaries, he'll make these little jabs at, God, I hated serialization. (laughs) Oh, if you had wishes for the Dragon Balls, what would you do? Oh, that somebody could do all my work for me. A lot of times you forget that he was purely in it for the money at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He's like, I needed to put food on the table for my pregnant wife. And (laughs) yeah, this is is what I did. But I feel like he's, as of late, really learned to appreciate the series for what it is. And I think whether we want to admit or not, a lot of it falls on evolution where he finally realized... Oh, God, if I'm not involved, this is what they're going to do to my property. You know, I did not loathe evolution. I didn't like evolution, but I'm not standing outside to this day. No, with I'm, pitch I'm with you on that. At the same time, it really did wonders for Toriyama, just like you said it. It made yeah. him have that authorial pride for his series. Finally, he's like, you know what? This is my damn series. And apparently he seems to like working with Oishi, which is good. I mean, do we really know? It, it's all kind of I know the it's scenes. smoke and mirrors, and they never really come out and say certain things. But you assume. Yet he supervises everything. But like you said, a lot of times it's more for hey, 
we're going to write on his check that he supervised this. Here you go. (laughs) We've talked about that. The original author credit in Japan does not mean that whatever the production you're watching was made by that person. It means that person Mm -hmm. had the original concept behind the thing that you're watching. So it's the only reason his name is on GT. uh, It's exactly the example I was going to use is Toriyama is not the original author of GT. He's the original author of Dragon Ball of which. And that is an adaptation or a continuation. However you want to think of it. So just continuing with this interview a little bit, we kind of talked about this earlier already with Gine showing up in the uh, the full Jocko in April. If you go back to the super exciting guide stuff, we were convinced that the Makayoshin were going to show up in Battle of Gods. And that was an example of Toriyama creating all this new information and they did jack with it. So here we have Toriyama creating some new information, which he is actually doing something with. Hine will show up in a product. Is that what you're looking for? Because I kind of feel the way if you're going to make up this new information, do something with it. I would agree with that. I mean, we were dead set on Makayos and Makayoshin. I mean, that it's like, seriously, it was right there. And I feel like they poked at us when they released that first trailer. Mm-hmm. With a tree so, and come on, come on. Yeah, but yeah, I I would heartily agree with you on that. I, I am happy that not only is he going to create a new concept, add to the history and the story of Dragon Ball, but actually implement it so that we can actually see it happen yeah. even though she may only appear on like one page right we don't but, know hey. any details <laughs> about that yeah i mean it, it sounds to me like there's going to be maybe a bonus chapter that's kind of uh, the end of planet vegeta maybe just what's going mm-hmm. on with the rest of the family are we going to see where raditz was that kind of thing it's i feel like it also could somewhat create like a plot hole but i but again, that's a plot hole only with the Bardock TV special, which mm-hmm. Toriyama didn't write. As we've that's talked true. about, anything that's on the page of Jocko does not contradict with anything that Toriyama wrote himself in the manga. Like Goku's age, Goku's appearance. Toriyama never explicitly stated that kind of stuff. It only contradicts the Bardock TV special. So, And all we know about that is he's a, he's a fan, he's a fan of, of, it. of it. Yeah, I mean... I love his comment about the Bardock special when, oh, was it the Jump DVD came out Mm -hmm. with the two specials on it? And his commentary was included on the disc. And he said, you know, I always liked that. I liked it so much that I incorporated it in my own story. But like everything else, I never would have made it that dark. Mm -hmm. And right away, uh, that light bulb goes off and you go, that's like Battle of Gods all over again yeah (laughs) of yeah it was really dark but then he got involved and it became very lighthearted. so i think that's kind of where we're at right now i would encourage everyone to read the full q a the full interview there's a couple Mm -hmm. other tidbits here uh him talking about bardock's i don't know if you want to call it a family because even he puts family in quotes i know (laughs) (laughs) i love that yes they are a family but you do find out that there's no real traditional scion family outside of the royal family yeah who's kind of doing it for show well here's a question i wanted to ask you is toriyama's Mm -hmm. adding a lot of new information to the dragon world here and just recently we had him say with a question of well what happened to tights his answer was well maybe it's better off if i don't add more information here so i don't get myself in trouble and that means like so i don't end up contradicting myself and making plot holes but that's kind of what he's doing here i don't know it's because it's real dragon ball as opposed to jocko dragon ball it kind of doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and because it wasn't bardock wasn't his creation i don't know how do you feel about toriyama adding information to things that weren't even his to begin with i'm okay with it really i it it doesn't bother me as much i guess it's not one of those things i'm gonna lose any sleep over no of course not but then you also have to take into perspective some of the things he's adding because episode of bardock is something that i think we you know a lot of times you you forget when it actually takes place which in the within the timeline Mm -hmm. of everything so it's really kind of weird because where does it fit in does some of the stuff apply to that or this or what you know i don't know that's why i'm asking yeah Exactly. <laughs> I think I just walked around in a circle right there. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's a new interview that's always fun to read. I'm glad we can archive this information. That's all I got right now. I mean, we had a whole bunch of backlog questions, but I think we ended up talking about this stuff longer than I anticipated. So I think we'll uh, kind of bring it to a close. Uh, anything else you want to add to our conversation here, man? Well, the only thing that came to mind when I read this, and y- you may kill me for mentioning it, uh-huh. but where he talks about that Frieza's race, quote unquote, yes, that 
the only two that exist are Frieza and his father. Yeah. And Cold. And it's like, okay, I understand Kula, where you would be like, yeah, well, you know, that's a thing that happened, but I didn't do that. So I'm not really going to include it at this point. Or I could see him forgetting about it. Yeah. But then what about Kreeza? I mean, yeah, he made him, but it was in... But that's also in Nako Majin. A parody, right? so, so I don't know. But yeah, it, it's definitely the kind of thing where it's like, all right, these are the two that you made, so according to this world, great. And mm-hmm. by by not mentioning movie stuff, I don't take that as dismissing the movie stuff. I take that as simply in the story that I wrote. Exactly. These are the two that exist. Okay, that's where I was going with this. I just want to make sure that... We're we're thinking a little bit the same. Yeah, I don't take that as, man, F the movies, those don't count. I just take it as mm-hmm. I wrote these Because the first, when I first read that, that that popped into my head. And I'm sure it, it possibly popped into a lot oh, of Oh, I've time. already seen that being discussed elsewhere, too. So <laughs> it's definitely on the minds But of then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, really logically, it makes sense that he would not mention them yeah. within the manga. Hey, canon, it's a thing. Bring it to a close? I suppose so. My wife's home. All right, so. Heath, before we wrap up the show for real, we can't mm-hmm. forget. Who's that character? Last time on the show, this is the little voice clip you heard as suggested to us by a one Mr. Herms. That clip was indeed Tarble from the Jump Super Animator special played by a one Mr. Masakazu Morita, who uh, most recently has played Whis in Battle of Gods. So uh, that was the clip. Another one was kind of, it was short, but it was an easy giveaway one due to the sound quality and really good sounding Kikuchi music usually means that it's the JSAD special. So there you go. So uh, I think off the record, you and I will come to an agreement on uh, what the next voice clip will be so uh here it is and one more time here's that clip so there you go who's that character you don't win anything but if you have thoughts on who you think that character is who plays him uh what scene you think that may be from you can respond on the forum thread for any episode on twitter on facebook on google plus all that stuff can't they win our respect uh you can although some of these haven't been all that devious i mean when it's a really really tricky one like the lucifer one that was hard you get mad respect for that but i don't know what this one is so i don't know if they win my respect yet 355 bring it to a close what you got all i have is when i was transcribing that interview i got so tired of writing bardock <laughs> oh my god in katakana that is terrible over and i felt like every other word was bardock <laughs> bardock son bardock son bardock anyway shoot that little kid jesus uh so he and that was 355 we will not shoot children that's awful don't do that. Yeah, don't um, do that. So thanks to Julian for all his hard work. Uh, thanks to Jake for doing stuff off, protecting us out in the Galactic Space Patrol. Thanks to you, sir, Mr. Heath, Mr. Hujio, sir. Thank you for having me. So 355, we'll see you next time around for 356. We're going to have that Bardock discussion, I think, coming relatively soon. We've got the Battle of Z review to do, if I can get back to playing the game. and Got a Blu-ray review? Got a Blu-ray. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of feeling we, we've like... We've had this discussion off the air. Do we even review it? I kind of want to be a total jerk about it and do the old anime on DVD review standpoint thing where it's like, I disagree with this so much and I'm not even going to dignify it with a review. Well, I I think your review on Twitter was good enough. No, somebody was like, are you going to review this? And your response was, oh, here's my review. It's a thing. It happened. I don't like it. <laughs> Just, or it I, is what it is, I whatever you say. I can't muster any strong enough opinions to even write about it. It's like... I know. Yeah, it happened, and here we are, and I just don't care anymore. I care so much about so many other things in Dragon Ball, and yet another yes. cropped release just is not at the top of it. So we got Battle of Z coming, we got the full-color comics coming, that I definitely want to talk about, again, the Bardock episode, and uh, I keep teasing that Broly episode for like a year now. I was now. just gonna bring that up. Yep, want to do that. So there's many things we want to do, and every time we can... Uh, uh, pull Jake away from his space patrol. He comes on with some great in-universe stuff. So many well, things. You know, he's been helping Jocko a lot lately. He has been helping Jocko because Jocko's not very effective on his own. He needs help. No, he is not. It's terrible. Uh, are we done? I think so. It's been podcast episode 355. We hope you enjoyed our fun discussion about Toriyama's new Q&A. We'll see you guys next time. 